Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Welcome to Sewing Out Loud, the official podcast of ZD Sewing Studio. Here are your hosts, ZD and Mallory. Sewing Out Loud. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Mallory Donahue. And I'm ZD Donahue, or we could be called uh, Zig and Zag by our support supporter Amanda Kearns. We got uh, we got the biggest compliment, and actually, I can't remember who wrote the original thing. Uh, I'm sorry. I think she's like a newer group member. And she said that she listened, she and her husband listened to our bias podcast in the car. Right. And And he was laughing. Yes. And he was laughing and he said, I don't know what they're talking about, but they're funny. And they're like the car talk of sewing. And, you know, I just could see ZD, you know, over at her side of the house reading the comment and going, yes. Because they're my idols. Yeah, we like we okay, like car talk. I have to tell my car talk story. <laughs> yes, you do. Wait, maybe you don't. Yeah. Know, do you know it's about you? Uh huh. Okay, so I used to drive Mallory, and I used to drive back and forth to St. Louis, which is like a two-hour drive, and, and she had you know sports acro competitions and all this stuff. Okay, so we're driving and we're listening to car talk, and it's like a Saturday morning or whatever it was, and you know. They're talking. Somebody calls in about their problem, and they talk about this like puff of white smoke. And I said, "Well, you know, that's because they're not um, all of their gasoline isn't combusting. That's why you get, uh, you know, the white smoke. There's something wrong with their carburetor at that time. Cars had carburetors. Um, so, well, at that time they didn't, but all these they're all reruns. So when they were talking about some car with a carburetor, and you know, they come up with the answer, and they say." Well, the reason there's white smoke is it's not combusting all the gasoline. It's too rich of a, you know, blend and all. And Mallory just about, Mallory's like 11. And yeah. she looks at me and like, Mom. Oh, wow, Mom. you're so smart. You know, so then <laughs> the next thing they're talking about is this guy has a Toyota truck, blah, 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 and it won't start. And he has to, I don't know if anybody knows what pop the clutch is called about is, but you if you have a, if you have a manual clutch on a car you used to be able to you could start it by getting on a hill and letting the car roll and then you did what you did is you popped the clutch and put it into gear and it would start and you didn't need the starter on your car well this guy was having to all every place he went he didn't know if his car would start or not and it made this noise and did this you know and he always had to be on a hill to pop his clutch if he knew he was going to get away and i said well there's something wrong with his starter that's what's wrong with the car he needs a new starter if it's making that grinding noise and everything and then the car talk guy's like, whoa, you need a new starter. And Mallory's like, mom. Now, 
the reason I do know this is my father was in the automotive business. So like it wasn't totally out of my realm. But to impress a child, a girl child that is like, you know, 11, 12 years old is a hard thing to do because they think you're like amazing. And then right about that prepubescent time, you know, they go to bed and they wake up one morning and you're the stupidest woman that ever walked on earth and I can't wait I always loved it when it happened loved it when it happened to Hillary and now I will love it when it happens to Mallory no so what I decided would be a good idea was now they repeated the same show on Sunday yeah and I thought you know, I could listen to all the shows on Saturday <laughs> and then somehow get Mallory, Mallory in the car. car on Sunday and totally impress her like every week that I do absolutely. And especially like the puzzler that they gave. Oh, and all yeah. That, you know, those those were harder than any of the Listen cards. ahead of time. But anyway, I never did it. But it was a good thought because I, 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 I could have impressed I could have, again, become a smart woman to my daughter. I did always kind of like it in Car Talk when they were like, well, you'll just have to park it backwards with the left window open yeah. and then da 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 And then the other thing I always <laughs> like that they said that I say in this podcast very often is, if all else fails, check the owner's manual, That's right? That's right. Yes. Well, uh, let's, I have a, I have a, such a great segue. So. You too. I do. For the podcast topic today. So before we started recording for real, I did. <laughs> I know it's great. I did a little uh, sound check before we started recording because, Mom, there are those who test and those who wish they did. That's right. Isn't that right? That is absolutely correct. And this goes in all things. Yeah, I was gonna say yes. not just sewing, like maybe cooking. Right, good one. Right. Um, you know, any, anything where you're, you know, making something? I actually have on a pair of test pants today. I decided I, I, I don't know if they fit me right or if I like them. So I'm wearing them at home to I see I remember if, those pants. I know. And I'm deciding whether to put them in the donate so, box or what. So, so I'm test pantsing today. So you wouldn't have just worn them out to something special. Well, I, not something special. That's right. right. You're, you're testing But anyway, first. I thought, good day to test my pants. This podcast topic was suggested to us by Erin Van Handel, and uh, she has a blog, and you know what? It's called, I think it's called Seemacht, and that means she makes in German, I believe. Sorry if I mispronounced your blog title, Erin. <laughs> I apologize, but she's, uh, she's, a, she's a, neat, uh, a neat person, a neat stitcher. I'm happy to have her in the group, and I think she direct messaged me on Instagram and was like, you talk about when to make a muslin or not, and da-da-da-da-da, and then I thought, oh, well, muslin, a muslin is a test of a garment, you know, uh, and we always talk about testing, and while we say that there are those who test and those who don't, I thought maybe we could get into a little more about what we mean about testing and when and how to do muslins and things like that, so... I think, or, I mean, you test in a stitch Well, okay, sometimes. so let's start with that. Yeah, that's the simplest let's, thing, I guess. Let's start with one of the easiest things that you can do to be successful in your project is to test out a stitch. Right. Either on your serger or your sewing machine. Right. What are you looking for, Mom, when you test a stitch? Well, I'm lo- looking for du- durability and that it holds. Yep. And I'm looking at the neatness or the pristineness of it. Does it look nice? Right? Yes. And is it giving me the effect I want? For instance, a seam, 
I might look, I might be wanting a different effect than a top stitching, right? And I was thinking that. And then also right. uh, on our stretchy garments, if you're constructing those like on your right. serger, I will tell people to stretch that Do seam. that test stretch. Test the stretch right. of the stitch. Well, you know, even, even on a woven, you want to open that seam and sort of, you know, pop it or put some tension on it and see what happens. If it comes apart, you need to do some adjusting on your machine. We also talked about, oh, well, this podcast hasn't been published yet because the audio got corrupted, but we talked about <laughs> That's right. Our, we'll fix that, and it'll it's going to come out in the future. But in my mind, it's been published. Yeah, it, it's a really good episode <laughs> when we finish it, uh, when we fix it. But we talk about when you have to take a stitch out, right? how it's best if it's like a longer stitch. Right. So we, t- we told you in that episode well, you know, another, yeah, to use like the longest stitch possible so if you are using a heavier fabric or if you're stitching a knit on your sewing machine or something you might not want to be at that 2.5 stitch length that's the default for your straight stitch you might actually want to be like at a three a 3.5 that might be top stitching is often longer right uh well so you have this heavier fabric and you decide you want to go to a three or a 3.5 3.5 are you guys on those old domestic machines we're talking going down to like a 10 8 or 10 you know stitches per inch or whatever but open that seam up press that seam open like you you're you intend it to be uh-huh and is it okay or are you seeing like gaps of you know light between your you know your seam is your seam is your seam what you want it to be and that is that goes along with our three thread narrow advocacy okay (laughs) (laughs) oh we talked about stretching this the stitch but someone did uh ask in the group they said hey i'm going to be working on french terry which is like sweatshirt fleece Mm -hmm. it's a little thicker (laughs) and this person asked would you use a three thread narrow and then someone tagged me and they're like hey mal what would you do and i said yeah i would i'd test it right and i do have i have a garment from uh it was designed by a good friend of mine uh quinn myers she owns a lingerie label called she and reverie and it is a silk jersey cardigan. And it is actually the, the like the band of the cardigan, the button, you know, like placket the and placket. everything. Mm-hmm. It is done with a four thread. Uh-huh. And I think that maybe if I had constructed this garment on my own, I probably would have done it with a three thread. But this garment is not meant to stretch a lot. It does not have well, a lot of negative ease. And you do, and you know, a placket like that, you may want some more stability. Exactly. Right. So sometimes and, you're yeah. working with a knit, and you're yep. almost treating it right. like it's a woven. Right. So it depends on how you are using the fabric. You know, I will use a four thread sometimes on a one way stretch. There you go. Knit. Yeah. That that seems to be the thing because I don't want it to stretch on, you know, the 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 grain that doesn't stretch. Yes. yes. You know, I want that there. I want that stability there. Yeah, so it can depend on what right. you want. So I didn't really get into this on that post, but I said I'd use the three thread, but I said I think I said, you know, test it out, see what you like. But it might not have been terrible for that person to use right. a four thread, depending on the garment. You know, another thing is people will say, Well, my surgery does a lousy three thread or whatever. And you know, we can go through a whole argument about, well, if you work hard enough or, you know, adjust tensions enough, you can make your three thread work. Right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's not worth it for a person. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're spending half of your sewing time adjusting a stitch, right? 
screw it. Yeah. Use the one you can get that works. Yeah, it's I okay. Mean, yeah, you, you know, know, there are sewing police, <laughs> but they don't know where you live. Well, and we, <laughs> so, we aren't the sewing police. Right. We are just the sewing... Um, Ambassadors. No, no. Diplomats. We're, okay... This is what we're doing. We're over here in our sewing studio. We are having a party. We are having a good time with our three thread narrow. That's right. And if you wanted to know how we're having a good time, we're telling you. Okay? We're having a and good time. You right. can choose to have a good time right. with that or with something else. That's okay? right. That's That'll right. be it. So after we get finished with this three thread narrow video we're working on, we'll make a video where it says, sometimes people recommend sewing techniques and you don't have to get all pissed off when someone recommends <laughs> That's right. <it. laughs> so uh, anyway, um... That is, you know what we that. are. We're the sewing friends because is it Nina Reed? Is that is is she the one who um, told her husband or her friend oh, or something yeah. that my friend Zidi and Mallory said she like quoted us someplace, and the person said, "Ah, uh, just because I think it was her husband, just because you listen to them and their podcast, it doesn't mean they're your friend and you're on, the, you know, you're a member of their Facebook group. Uh, yes, yeah, it we does. are. Yes, it yes, does. we are. You know why? He I, is so uh, so wrong. You know why I know that too? Because I listen to some podcasts and those people are my best That's friends. Right. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, Brian is my airless friend, and I tell everybody like my friend Brian. That's right. He's the professional. That's right. right. And he says he does the same thing with me, only in sewing. So test your stitches, okay? On and oh, buttonholes. Oh my god! This has come up a couple times, especially with jeans. Yep. When you test for anything, really try and duplicate the situation. The fabric, how it's yep. folded, is it on the edge, whatever, because it will be different, guys. Yeah, so It'll a lot of different. people were like, I'm, I was testing a buttonhole. My machine made a beautiful buttonhole. I imagine on just like two layers right. of fabric that right. were under the entire foot, you know. Right. And then this person said, but then I went to do it on my jeans waistband. Right. And it looked terrible. Right. And that's because your jeans waistband, there's a big, huge seam. It's a totally different seam. animal than yeah. anything else. There's yes. a big, huge seam on three sides of your buttonhole, yep. right? Uh, and, and then it's, it's this thick and denim. And it's denim. It's top-stitched, all this stuff. It's got, it's got some stretch in it. It may seem like a total pain in the butt to, like, make a fake waistband and then run it through your machine but it would be but worth it. But there are those who test yes. and those who wish they test. Oh, and taken out of well, buttonhole. You know, the one Whoa. thing you brought up, and this isn't exactly about testing, but it is. But it's not. But it is. <laughs> but it, I didn't think about bringing this up. You said two layers of something. Your machines are meant to sew on two layers of fabric. It's Great. why you have a feed dog, you know, and a presser foot there. And they're meant to sandwich. So whenever you're testing a stitch... You need two layers. So, and often, if, you, if okay, so if you're taking your machine to someone to be repaired, you have a repair guy, a serviceman, and he gives you a test stitch back and it's on one layer of fabric, he doesn't know what he's doing. Uh-huh. Okay. It should be on two layers of fabric. That's right. Okay. And it should be a, a fairly, um, let's not have it some thin, nothing fabric. It should be like at least like quilting cotton yeah. sort of. Um, two layers of muslin is not what I would consider to be on a good uh, 
two layers of fabric. I have to tell this story, and I don't know if I've told it on the podcast before, but I think it's worth it. Oh, well, sometimes I tell stories over and over again. Did you notice? I know. <laughs> I know. No, okay. So, oh, I w- and as far as zig and zag, I want to be zag. You be zig. I'm zig. I want to be zag. Whatever you say, like zag. zag. I think zag sounds a little bit more sophisticated. So I had a, um, I did a machine delivery. This woman bought this machine when we had the store. It was like a $4,000 machine. So it had thousands of stitches in it, you know, or hundreds of stitches. I don't know. And when I say stitches, I mean like decorative stitches. And decorative stitches on a sewing machine are so much fun. I know a lot of people are like, I don't need those. I don't want to pay for those. Well, heads up, you're not actually paying for the decorative stitches. That's not what actually costs money in the machine. But anyway, moving on from that, I told her, hey, this machine has hundreds and hundreds of these decorative stitches. It's a really great idea to go through and stitch them out so that you know what they look like on fabric. And it's a good way to get to know your machine and, uh, some of them are really big. You don't understand how big they are until you stitch them out. It's also really fun to see which ones you like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So stitch them out and then hang them up in your sewing room, you know. And I think I showed her that, like, we had done this on, like, a 8 by 8 or a 6 by 6 piece of fabric, right. you know. So something else – well, I'll come, I'll come back to that part. Uh, I'll move forward in time and then back in time. So she comes in. She says, oh, my gosh, this machine, it just does not work. It's forming these stitches so terribly. And I was like, oh, like, let's check this out. Because that, you know, like a brand new machine that really doesn't happen a lot. You know, it can. It can. Of course, there could be something, uh, an outlier, something go wrong. usually OE. Yeah. So what she'd done was she'd chosen these decorative stitches, and they're heavy stitches. They're dense satin stitches in shapes, like triangles or scallops or circles or something like that. So there's what we call a buildup of stitches. Mm -hmm. And she'd done it on one layer of, like, cheap, like, poly prom dress fabric from the big box store. And I remember, I can see it in my head. It's, like, purple and and it was kind of iridescent. Oh, yeah, like it had two different thread yes. colors in it or something. Yeah, and then something. I think she yeah. stitched on it with, like, blue thread. Like, I can <laughs> still see this in my mind's eye. And it was. It was just crumpled to crap. Okay, and my, okay, she my done... question is, how many stitches yes, did she yeah, okay, do? I, yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. I was like, man, you did, like, 15 stitches <laughs> on this you fabric. Realized this was crap. <laughs> <laughs> and you just kept going. You just I, kept making crap. <laughs> well, and, and she was, you could see them. Okay, you could see the oh stitches. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love this stuff. <laughs> and they didn't, they didn't look that terrible but she was dissatisfied with how the fabric looked well right the fabric was puckering oh yeah oh yeah but no i thought it was kind of funny i was like i mean i guess i would have stopped like a row short of this or two rows but whatever you know okay so she just i don't know what she thought and actually like i said the stitch itself didn't look so terrible but i said to her i said you can't expect these stitches to look to you know a stitch that perforates the fabric every i mean this, these stitches are right up next to each other. They are below one millimeter. Oh, absolutely. You know, they are in, lined up next to each yeah, other. Yeah, they're itty bitty. It's perforating the fabric. Yes. yes. Perforating it the fabric. Is, it is challenging the integrity of the fabric you're putting them on. Absolutely. I said you can't expect this type of stitch to just like, you know, not distort the fabric without some other kind of support right. on here like a stabilizer and then i said to her i said remember during your delivery and i'd like to tell people that this is something i used to do i we would use um a fabric that was like a drapery lining fabric right. to show people stitches and i'd have them do a satin stitch on this fabric and just run it through 
and we would get some tunneling. Show them that it will tunnel. Right? Yeah, so this satin stitch is a short, wide zigzag, and it would tunnel up. And be like, oh, we don't like that, right. you know. And then I'd just take the smallest piece of tearaway stabilizer, <laughs> just an <laughs> itty-bittiest little piece, and I'd put it under the fabric and then have them do it again, and it would look like a beautiful satin ribbon right. was laid down on this fabric. And I said, hey, we didn't change our tension. We didn't change our any, Needle, anything thread, else. nothing. The only thing we did here was add stabilizer. Yes, and then it, so it's not always the machine when you're testing. Okay, sometimes you're not choosing the right recipe. That, that's or, true. Or right. you need something the else. Right set of circumstances. Yes, you need something else in your recipe. And so sometimes you talked about repairs. Right. Okay, sometimes I think people are asking machines to do things. Yes. That aren't. Well, it's like quite people. Possible. Are, 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 you know, I'll tell you something you better always test out, and that's like a metallic thread. Yeah. Or let's call them specialty threads because, sure. you know, maybe they're not metallic. Maybe they've got a mylar in them, but it's something besides the common thread that you, you've been using. And people are like, oh, I have so much trouble with the, you know, the, the this metallic doesn't work on my machine. And I'm like, it's not going to work like your other thread. It may take a special needle. My big thing that I have really a lot of trouble doing is sewing slower. Yeah. Yes. The so, ovation, uh, the baby lock ovation speed control yeah. is, for me, it is four thick decorative threads in the looper. Right. And, and it's, it's and it's your governor. Yes. I'm it like, keeps you from speeding. Don't let me right. speed up. That's right. You know. And, you know, I can get almost any any good quality metallic. There's there's crappy metallics just like any other. But, you know, if you have a good quality metallic thread and a good needle and it's the right needle, you can probably get that. But yeah, I can't speed like I like to speed. You know, there if is... you think about it, you're actually asking real metal to come uncurled yeah. off of a spool, go through a sewing machine, and then, like, do these gizmo, you know, gymnastics when it gets to your fabric. That's a lot to ask a little sliver of metal. And... There's this metallic thread that I love, and I won't say the brand here, but... Uh-oh, everybody's going to ask. Uh, a supplier one time, I called them up, and I said, I want to order this thread. Where is it? You know, And they're like, oh, we got so many complaints about it. And I'm like, I use it all the time. That's right. Full speed in my commercial embroidery machine. Right. In fact, I had someone who wanted to buy a Baby Lock Enterprise. This was their 10 needle. Right. Um, And they were like, does it work with metallic thread? And so... I this is how to do good sewing machine demos um episode. <laughs> I t I threaded up every th every every thread, every needle right. with metallic thread and guess what? The word enterprise has 10 letters in it. Yep. And I stitched out enterprise in, in 10, each, different 10 different metallic, metallic threads. threads. And some of them were different brands, some of them were this right. brand I really really like, you know, and stuff, but uh, Well, and some of them have different effects. Yes, yes, right. like different looks, you right. know, and it stitched out perfectly. You know, so anyway, I thought that was kind of Well, funny. and another thing that will matter is do you have a good bobbin thread? Yep. Yep. You know, all those things matter. Testing. And another thing, too, is I'll bet you if you would have stitched that metallic thread on that Halloween taffeta. You're right. You know, without <laughs> anything underneath, yeah. it would have looked like crap. We're not going to get into this too much, but it, machine embroidery is a big place where testing yeah, really, really counts. matters. Really counts. You need to test out your recipe. Right. Of stabilizer and fabric before you go to town. Well, and digitizing matters. Yes. You know, there is a 
There is yeah. a quality to designs. Don't think every free design on the internet is a great design. Absolutely. So, um, so that covers, I think, some testing about like stitches and right. stuff like that. So things that you could test with your stitch. Maybe one last thing before the message break. Uh oh. Things you would test with your stitch first are stitch length, mm-hmm. the type of needle you're using before you mess with your attention. Don't touch your attention. It's really, it's really not. Especially the, your bobbin tension. It's really not what you should if be you screwing think, with. If you think you need to go to your tension, please make sure your machine's clean first. Make sure there's no debris and any properly. And threaded properly. Please, please, please. Because now you just changed a big factor. Yes. That you can't change back, and it's so hard to go back to that place where you were. I mean, you can move the knob back. You know, but then then you're messing around with things, and you yeah. might mess some. If you have unregulated top tension, and you go to sew, you can mess up more stuff. Well, that can be a several hundred dollar um, injury to your bobbin system. Well, yeah, you know when yeah. people talk about, oh, I, I I'll get bird's nests in my bobbin. It's not bird's nests are dangerous. Yeah, it's not a harmless problem to have. No, it can really screw things. And up. And everybody understands a bird nest underneath is a problem from up above. That's right. It is not a problem from below. Okay, well, this is going to end up being like an hour-long podcast, so we'll get to our message break right now. Okay. (laughs) Mom, this podcast episode is brought to us by the So Long and So Happy edition of the So Here Box. Oh, my goodness. Where did you get that saying? I know. (laughs) Somebody really smart must have thought that up. I mean, it just has so much... To uh, to offer there. That's right. You're supposed to sew, sew for a long lo- time. A long time or like goodbye kind of a little bit in uh, a podcast. Yeah. You're supposed yeah. to be happy while you're sewing. That's right. So the longer you sew, the happier you'll be. And, and then also just like so long. Thanks for listening. So long. Farewell. Wouldn't you like to wear a t-shirt that you made, that you self-sewed, that said so long and so happy on the front of it? Um, I could be very happy wearing that in t-shirt. In the signature mint green, I think the okay, hex code. I don't code, think that's mint green. You I do. Can, I, um, no, no. It's I, light teal. Okay, well, the hex code, whatever it is, <laughs> is like 76D2C5, just in case you want to look okay. at that on your computer. Um, and so anyway, if you would like to do that, then you should order the last So Here box of 2017, which you can do by going to SoHere.com slash box. Uh, our signature Keystone product in there is the custom printed fabric panel. There's another custom product they're going to be is. real happy with. There is, and we're not going to talk about. We're no, not no, no. It's, telling you. It, if I can keep Mallory's mouth shut, it will be a total well, surprise. We might, we might like show it somewhere. Okay. Oh gosh. See, there's she can't. Of, she cannot <laughs> keep a secret like there's at going all. To be a special pair of scissors. Yes. There's going to be a, a couple of very special tools, tools in the box, and then some fun things for you to use yes. to customize. Our little custom things that we think of. And customize your sewing space and customize your life with fabulousness from SewHere.com. So uh, the SewHere boxes are set to ship between December 1st and December 15th. So you pre-order them now by going to SewHere.com slash box. And choose So Here Box Shipping when you check out to get free shipping both in the U.S. and internationally. And I am not going to let Mallory add the number of boxes we ship out 
after we've already closed the orders once this time. She does that all the time. I swear, Sam and I are not going to let you do that. Okay, well, we're going to ship out a thousand boxes. No, (laughs) no, no, no. No, but seriously, there's only going to be 250 of them. And I believe at this point, we have already sold 100. So if you're wanting one for a gift for yourself or someone else for the holiday season, or if you just like to get everything um, that Zidi and I make, uh, we will put a lot of care and And love. And a special love note. uh, Into these boxes. So go to SoHere.com slash box and order one today. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. We're back. We must be like totally enjoying ourselves today with this long podcast. Sam's going to love the editing. You know, I'm part of a few groups like about podcasting and business and stuff. And people are like, what's your most popular content? And I'm like, we had this 45 minute podcast episode about buttonholes and people just loved it. You know, <laughs> we, it like got all this, everybody in our group was talking and about it. Like, you know? They're like, oh, well, you know, we just, it's so funny because we did just talk to somebody yesterday in, in a business situation and he's like, and you you sell like sewing stuff, right? Like you know, only only we know about sewing stuff. That's right. Yeah, yeah. you guys, nobody else in the world knows He's except like, you and us. Sewing stuff. So like, how many SKUs do you it's, have? Like yeah, five, yeah. and we're like yeah. like three hundred. You know? Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, okay. Let's move on. Let's talk about muslins. Okay. Well, maybe define a muslin real uh, quick. Th- get what are all the other names muslins are called? Trial, trial. Test, garment, test, test garment, garment twall, Um, What's the moulage? Well, what? that's a different thing. Yeah, but people call it that. That's the why moulage. the moulage. I, yeah. yeah. So that's a little. That's a little yeah. different than a muslin, but so I've heard people call it the first run. <laughs> there you go. So it's a test garment. This test garment needs to be made from fabric that is similar to the fabric that you will use for your final garment. And, and here's where we need a little bit of definition. Muslin is a fabric. Yes. And all test garments at one time were made out of muslin because it was the least expensive fabric people dressmakers could get. So the term muslin that was a fabric naming term turned out to be the name of the test garment. People would say, I'm making a muslin. Yeah, so but if you make a muslin of a knit t-shirt, you're not going to use muslin right? because muslin's a woven fabric. It's you're... like Kleenex and tissue. Yeah, so you're going to use a... Uh, you're going to use a fabric that's similar and perhaps it's a little less expensive right. because this is your test garment. Or at least one that you're not going to dye if you screw it up and it becomes a rag to clean the car with. Yes, but don't use something so cheap that it does not give you the 
exactly that you i mean you can't you're not gonna like the garment in crappy fabric right okay moving on from that okay uh so these muslins when do you make a muslin well you know i think it depends on your experience level certainly if i'm making someone's wedding dress Yep, or if you're sewing for someone else. Certainly if I'm going to cut into a fabric that was $100 a yard. Yep. Or more. Uh-huh. Um, and, and that's going to vary. Some people are going to think if it's $30 a yard, they're going to need a muslin. But what I'm saying is, you know, maybe if I'm going to make something out of $3 a yard fabric, I'm not going to get too freaked out if it doesn't fit. No. Or I, I have to ditch it or something. And then sometimes there are certain garments where I'm like, you know, if I make this and it needs to be taken in at the waist, I can do that. That's right. On if my you final know, if you garment. Know it's a, well, you know? it's just like a dress pattern that maybe has a fairly complicated bodice, but you know the skirt... You know, hangs it hangs in a circle. It's a circle skirt or a gathered skirt or whatever. I wanted to talk. You don't have to make the bottom. Well, I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to say, I was thinking about this this morning, and I was, like, looking at the mirror at myself, and right. I was like, you know, if I made a dress that had fitted bodice and a circle mm-hmm. skirt, I would not feel the need to muslin out that circle skirt. Okay. I'll give you. But right. hold on a second. Okay. I was looking at my body, and I thought, what if somebody has a bum or a belly that is way larger than the size of the pattern that they're going to make right. for their bodice. And that maybe they do. Right. You need to look at your body, you know, but like a circle skirt is something that literally like if you stood in a hole on a table would go out, <laughs> like there's enough That's room right. there, right. you know? <laughs> well, I, I, for instance, yes. okay. I had a woman come to me who wanted the Marilyn Monroe white, halter dress there you go as her wedding dress uh-huh. right uh more mature bride and we were making it oh we made it it really turned out pretty i'm thinking about it now but so she had a pattern that, and she said i know i want it to look like this now the pattern was like four times smaller than what she needed uh-huh. so i was going to have to sort of draft a muslin off of how this pattern was da 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 and it was a big gathered skirt yeah okay and we were making it out of this fabric that she had purchased all of we didn't know where we you know we were probably sure. not going to be able to source anymore it was it was a crepe with a bit it was like a cream colored crepe with a big red rose on it it was really pretty i made like a mini skirt yeah. on her muslin uh-huh. because with that halter I needed to know how that waistband fit in the back. There was no back to the dress, yeah. so I needed a skirt. Uh-huh. So I just made like this little sort of peplum-ish thing, right? you know, that came off of it because otherwise I was not going to know how that was going to fit her. And so I want to talk about a couple of coat cardigan situations mm-hmm. here, okay? So I was... <laughs> not, the, not the anorak. Yeah, the anorak, okay. <laughs> so the anorak that is still in my tube of shame over yonder, right over there, Um before she had this child yeah. and everything. You know, I've got two I L.A. Finch fabrics, okay? I bought fabric for myself, not this birthday. My birthday is in October. Not October of 2017, but October of 2015 and 2016, I bought fabric for my birthday from L.A. Finch, and I've started projects, and they are both not finished. You're not good with birthday stuff. No. I bought silk from them in 2015, and then I bought... Uh, 
this the linen for my anorak yeah. in 2016. They're both not finished. So anyway, one day I'll finish them. But the anorak, okay, looking at it, looking at my body, and I thought, I really Anorak just, is just the style. It's, it's a, the name of a style. It's, it's a what jacket. they named the jacket. Yes, yeah. yes. So I'm looking at this this anorak, and I see the shape of it. I see the pattern pieces, and I'm like, this just needs to fit me in my shoulders. Me, okay? Right. I don't have hips that went way outside of the sizing chart, you know? So I thought, if I muslined anything about this... It would, I would just do. Like the shoulder like the bust shoulders. area. Right. Yeah, I would like have made like a bolero. Right. Maybe only done like the front and the back. Right, right. My arms are not larger than the sleeve pattern that right. was going along with this size. I measured the pattern pieces and I felt really confident. And you know what? I did not muslin that. I just measured across the back and I measured across my back. Yeah. And I was like, this is fine. I'm going to wear other clothes under it. It's got a gathered waist. And well, you know what? I could choose the right size by doing that. But let me let me say the other situation. Someone else in the group shared a pattern they were making, knit cardigan. And they said, I'm worried about my arms. And I'm worried about where it's going to you know, fit me well, like up in the bust. She says, but I'm going to wear it open. I said, you only then have to muslin. You could just muslin one sleeve That's and the right. bust area, and then you'd know, if, right. you know, as long as your arms aren't too asymmetrical. But you can kind of get away with a little bit of that sometimes, depending on your project. Right. So, so you're, we're not selective. talking about absolutely having to make the entire garment. A lot of times you, people only make one sleeve. Yeah. They, yeah. Don't, they don't make, but or they don't put a zipper in, you know, they just, you know... Um, Pin it up the back or up the front or up the side with, with, I mean, so, you know, a muslin does not have to be pristinely finished. It does have to be pristinely measured, cut, and made. Yeah, you, you know. can't, you can't skimp on the right, precision. You don't, right, you don't want to skimp on your precision, but. You know, it, but if you know you're going to wear right. a thigh or knee length cardigan open, you do not have to muslin right. out the part. You know, you know I've had there. problems with clothes a lot of times that have too much volume for me. There you go. Like it's a gathered skirt, and I'm just not big enough that I need all that or something like mm-hmm. that. Well, I didn't probably muslin it, but I can take out of the skirt. Sure. Yeah, I'm not winding up with too little. Right, and. You know, you know, one garment that you kind of have to make like the entire garment to know if it's going to fit you right. Jumpsuit. No. Well, what? maybe. I give you another a one. A bra. A bra. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bras. Well, that those are foundation garments. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and I guess if you're experienced at bra making and you've made some before and you can make some inferences. Right. But with bras, you're taking tissue that is... Has, is never in that position <laughs> when you don't have clothes on and you're That's wanting right. it to go someplace and you're using a combination of like these stable and stretchy right. fabrics and stuff. And I really think that it's kind of a unique situation. Uh, underwires, if you're doing right. an underwire, you kind of got to make the whole Almost thing. Almost have to just make it. Because I've, I've sort of tested out a bra before by just making the front and being like, uh-huh. okay, this is the right cup size, da, right. da, 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 da. But then I had to make the whole thing and like take some volume out of the cup or something right, like that right. you know you don't know exactly how it's going to lay on your body until you get it all together well and i think with a bra you know you have the other problem of if you are any soft tissue soft tissue soft tissue or tissue that is like fluid yep 
is harder to fit than something that is firm. And we all have, because it moves around. Yeah, we all have different areas of our right. bodies that, that are firm like that. and soft. Right. And no, the boobs are. You know, if you were naked, your boobs are not in the same place where they are in a bra. I mean, some people's are. Good for you. I'm well, you're very young, <laughs> yes. or you've had surgery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's great, you know. But like, I know that there's just no way for me to get that idea, you know. Versus when I'm naked, my like butt and legs—they're pretty much in the same place as if I had clothes on. But that's not true for everybody. And I'm in a lingerie group, yeah. and the people who ask for recommendations will say. I have this like waist and hip measurement and I'm very squishy. Yeah. Or they will say, I have this waist and hip measurement and I am very firm. Right. Because they're asking about things like garter belts and corsets. And how they want it to fit. Maybe you don't want, maybe sometimes you want something to squeeze you and sometimes you don't. Huh? Huh? Well, you know, I I was in, (laughs) I was in a aerial class and I said to this woman, let me, let me see your top. I like Mm -hmm. that top. I said, now, how is it? Is there a bra in there or whatever? And she's like, no. And I was like, I don't understand how you can get by with that. And she goes, well, yours are real and mine aren't. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So she had some different stitching done. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, yeah, and because I, I was like, how is she get all this support out of this T-shirt? Because I, I really liked it. You, <laughs> you know? really like the way her boots right. looked, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted yeah. to look like her. So if you have – this, this can totally be dependent on your – body situation you know and i think that 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 happens a lot in the lingerie group and you know what else they talk about in that group um they'll talk about breast implants Uh but they'll also talk about breast reductions and how doctors tell people i'm gonna make you a 36c and they're like and the doctors don't know what they're talking about why do they say that yeah yeah and I'm like, because no. the other thing is, is if you gain or lose weight or anything, Absolutely. things change. You know, or people say, "I'm going to make you an A cup, what, or B yeah, cup, or a C, C cup." cup. Or a I don't even know what that. But it's it's really silly. Yeah. Now, when you do get an implant, they usually talk about them in in the sense of volumes, <gasps> five hundred cc's or a thousand cc. And implant. that's what right. that's what uh, Quinn said again. Right. Bringing up Quinn again, she said the doctors think in cc's. They don't understand exactly how cup sizes always. Determined well, in the bra and ag- fitting and industry. Again, here we go with the old bra fitting thing again. That's when you make your muslin. What undergarments are you supposed to be wearing? There you go. The proper ones. And when you make your muslin. The ones you're going to wear with that garment. I'd say uh, this is Victoria is a group member who is pregnant at the moment. And she was making her made-to-measure leggings. And she said, I wanted a little more room in these leggings. So I she measured loose. And I said, no, no, no. Don't do that, you know. And they were baggy on her, and she measured tight again. She was like, I went tighter to myself, and they worked. And so you have to kind of pay attention to the pattern. If it is a pattern that's a knit, that has some negative ease, like you said, you don't right. want to put too much volume in the garment either. Right. That can be as bad at cutting out a big size, a size too big for right. you, can be just as detrimental because, like, if the arm size – you, right. you can't be recutting that sometimes. Nope. Uh, that's a that's a place where the smaller garment size won't necessarily fit onto the larger pattern piece. That's you right. know, and so you're screwed if you cut into your thirty dollar hundred dollar yard fabric. So think about that too in terms of muslining. You can't always just take away, take away, take away. That's why we do these right. testing right. garments. You know, so you don't always have to test the entire garment. Sometimes you do. 
you were talking about skirt volume. Right. And do you remember when Julian made – he made a dress for a friend. Okay. And I believe – I don't think the top was wrap, but the skirt was a wrap. Uh-huh. And she was um, a very hippie individual, uh-huh. you know, and she – and he was like, we think we want more volume in this skirt. Right. So that she's not worried about this right. wrap Flying skirt open. coming open, right. you know. And so I think he did have to muslin out. That right, big skirt. I, or sometimes you're going to wind up putting like a faux panel under yeah. something like that because it, you know, it, it's going to fly so open or whatever. A, that you need took to know a lot that. of fabric. Yeah. He, yeah, that skirt was a voluminous yeah. skirt yeah. that actually did have to get muslined out yeah. in order to provide the correct fit right. for a client. Too. And you're looking for the drape. Yep, yep, yep. the drape. Yeah. And they, I think that he made it out of some, you know, really gorgeous like wax print fabric <laughs> that right. was not like something that you want to. Waste. Screw up. Yeah, right, or waste. Right, yeah, right. exactly. So there is – sometimes you do need to be muslining that stuff out. You know, and a lot of times if you're sewing for someone else, a muslin is an excellent idea because you don't have that body there to fit. Oh, yeah. You know, so if you get that muslin and you get it right, then, you know, when you go to make the real live garment, you know you're going to be okay. Muslins also – I'm just going to – I didn't know this was going to go here – Muslins need to be tried on the wearer. Oh, yeah. Not just on a dress form. No, Everything needs to be tried on the wearer. A dress form, I'm telling you guys, you could lay in a vat (laughs) of plaster Paris (laughs) and do your body and, you know, re-pour that body and that garment will not fit you. You move, you know, you, you squish and get... You're squishy some places, you're firm other, you know, a dress. When people start talking about dress forms and which is the best, you know, it's really, I really find that a hard thing. You know, I use a dress form to sort of drape things or finish things off. I do not use, you know, my aunt did costuming in Hollywood and everybody had their own dress form. Right. So Betty Davis had a dress form and so-and-so had it, you know, and that, they had a place to start. And of course they had slopers and everything for all of them, right. you know, and, but it had to be tried on the person. Absolutely. And even I was reading and I got you that book a long time ago, that Hollywood costume uh-huh. book. Yeah. They'd even try to find like body doubles. Right. People who were really right. shaped like them. Right. Like the star and yeah. still yeah. wasn't quite right. And the moving... Right. The moving and the squishy. You know, is ju- I mean, somebody's shoulder can be set differently. I right. mean, there's just some, you know, you, you, and, you know, I think the other thing we need to talk about, um, and we're going to make this a different podcast, is why ready to wear doesn't fit you and why those patterns don't fit you. Yeah, I agree. And um, also, I'll put that in the Trello. If you don't have Trello, go ahead and get Trello. I should put my email address because I get like, like, not a kickback really, but. I get the ability to put, like, pictures in my Trello when someone uses my link. <laughs> so do you feel, uh, you know, as zig and zag that we have covered this subject? I think so. I think that the dress form – oh, oh, no, one more thing. Oh, see, I knew she'd – yes, if I one, tried to get her off, I knew she'd say something One else. more thing. When you're muslining – And she has to have the last word. Yes. When, I'm sure you'll get it. When you're muslining, when you're making a garment, try it on. As often as possible. Sewing in your underwear. Try it on at every step. Yep. This is why you stay stitch things like necklines and whatnot because you don't want to warp it while you're trying it on. But boy, 
it can save you a lot of time. Don't make an entire garment and then try it on. That's what going to the store is yeah. for. You know, um, try on the garment as you go to check for fit. That's my Absolutely. That, that was a good thing, Mallory. Yeah. Uh, so you do get the last word, Mom. So long and so happy. Thanks for listening to Sewing Out Loud. For even more expert sewing advice, visit SewHere.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Oh,